Hey everyone, and welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last 1940 forever. I'm James Anderson, one of your hosts. <sighs> and I can't believe I'm already ending the show as we start it. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, as always, I'm Colin Parker, one of your, nope, your other host on this show. We're going through the MCU timeline in historical order, scene by scene or day by day until the end of time. And James, I'm so excited about this one, dude. Yeah, this one, this one's a tasty one. It, it's a montage. What a way to kick off a new year, you know? It's a yeah, I absolutely agree. It's, it's really funny because this is you know another one in the series of um. Now this is what you know we've we've now seen a whole bunch of Captain America catching up to to Peggy Carter. Now this is and, what I call slaughter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And 1944 is just, let me just check here. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's five episodes and most of them are montages. Um, it's just really funny. Most of them are her beating the ever-loving shit out of people. But even when in Captain America, 1944, they're like, listen. True, that's also We had 1943. Yeah. We need to get to 1945. I guess montage our way through 1944. I, I don't know. I guess. Yeah, let's just do that. They're like, here's all so. your exposition. And then every yeah. day was the same. Exactly. War. Now that he's learned. Exactly. War. War never changes. Uh, we are starting with uh, What If, season one, episode one, starting at 1428 and ending at 1533. And here's what happens. A montage of Peggy beating the shit out of Hydra plays as Flynn is on the phone with the president taking credit for Captain Carter, right. the Hydra Stomper, and the name Hydra Stomper. Mm-hmm. Then Captain Carter and Howard Stark, no, and Hydra Stomper, I was like, HS. <laughs> H- <laughs> then Captain Carter and Hydra Stomper take to the sky to take out some planes. I uh, I just have two things that I wanted to say, just some notes I took, okay. uh, and then we'll also talk about the song. Uh, but before I do, do you have anything that you wanted to say about this, uh, this I, quick scene? I do actually, but I kind of want to see how much of it you address yourself. Oh, sure. Um, sure. But like basically, I mean, my first note is just simply typical of a white man to take the credit for stuff that's not his doing. Uh, right. That's just straight up appropriation and he has no chill for it. Um, I also love that Steve writes Brooklyn on one of the fists. Like, I love that, like, no matter where he goes, he takes a little bit of Brooklyn with him and a little bit of that. I think Brooklyn he writes attitude. hello from on one of yes. the boots oh, no. of the stomper. I believe so as well. And the other one is And then Brooklyn, Brooklyn yeah. on the other one. Right. But it's the boots. Oh, the like, boots. So I'm sorry. Not the fist. I'm sorry. Yeah. When yeah. he is stomping you. Yes. Um, you're right. That that was where he put it. I wrote fist and I knew that wasn't right. Um, I right. think I meant to write foot. foot and I think I wrote right. fist instead. Almost like Andy, right? Like... <laughs> There's Toy it, Story, yeah. and like this is his Buzz Lightyear, but instead it, you get it is. you get uh, died, you get killed, on a to Infinity Formula and beyond. Uh, also, this is something that we talked about. So, like a long time ago, we talked about how in Captain Carter's What If, and also in Captain America: The First Avenger, uh, this is one of those movies where they just kill a lot of people. Like yep. there is a high body count, and like it's interesting because like with Captain America, because it's live action, I feel like a lot of it is a little bit more tasteful and like they kind of do a lot of that like implied killing kind of situations, right? Right. Um, Or where you look at something where you could go, maybe they could walk away from that, but like permanently changed 
um, or they're dead, right? But like there, right. there's kind of a, a vagueness to it. I right. think that it's interesting that with cartoons, because it's not an actual person, you can kind of get away with being a lot more violent. Sure. And by kind of, I mean, you straight up can't. Like they do right. some things in this episode that I don't think most, with, with the exception of like maybe one or two movies, have been able to do. Right. Uh, and like there are some deaths in the plane sequence, for for example, that I was like, oh my God, I, it's some of the more violent stuff that we've seen. And she does it with a smile. My, the thing in this scene that all, always sticks with me, I bet like I can, um, it's almost sort of lead up to and, and cool down from the part where she just uh, flies through the propeller. Mm-hmm with her shield and just like bust the propeller. Yeah, that is pretty tight. It's so bad. It's like the opposite of that Indiana Jones thing you're talking mm-hmm. about where it's like, Oh no, 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 not me. I'm fine. Oh, I, Oh, you're, oh, oh me. I'm built different. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I was thinking about something because in this air sequence, basically she flies up with the Hydra stomper Jumps off, destroys two planes, and then uh, basically skydives right to land back, back on the hydro stomper. Uh-huh. I'm sad that there's not like a Captain Carter Sega game. Like it reminded me of like a, an episode of like Sonic the Hedgehog, like a, a sorry yeah. a, a video game of Sonic the Hedgehog where, where like, it's like Tails is flying the plane. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, yeah, actually, in, in fact, that specific level, yeah. in fact. Um, but like, I think it'd be so fun to have like a side scroller where it's like, all right, you know, if you have like expert mode, like you, you play this level all the time, you do the hit a B to, to blast through the propeller. And then, you know, like all the, all the other, she's basically a video game character in this scene. Mm -hmm. And I really, really like it for sure. You know, I also had another thought, which is that gravity and also moving really fast through the air is something that. I wonder how this math works out because there is a moment where she jumps from one ship to the other, right? By going off the back of one and just, you know, puts the shield in front of her so that she just flies right through the front of the other one. Right. But like in my head, I'm like, wouldn't gravity have pulled her way far down before she even got to that window? Or is it because it takes a like, you know, she's moving so fast up high and they are also moving in her direction kind of like the if one train leaves this station at this time and the other one leaves from at another but in this case they are going from opposite ends and meeting in the middle right? right if they're going that fast maybe they get there before she even has the opportunity to really fall that far uh but it just feels like she gets there so easily and i'm like i feel like you would have been falling so yeah the the Plane is moving towards her, so that's for sure one thing. The other thing to consider that I hadn't considered until just now, which is fun, is that with the shield, if she has the shield a little bit above so that like, the shield is flush with the bottom of her mm-hmm. and, and sort of above her a little bit, um, so she's holding it not like centered on her, but like a little bit up justified so mm-hmm. that... She could be getting some Bernoulli lift a little bit based on the curvature of the shield. Well, like, but like, because she has that curved surface right. of the shield, if air is going 
quicker under her right. than it's going over her, then she would get a little bit of. I mean, it wouldn't be a lot. She's right. not like a plane, right? Right. But if she, whenever they throw it, yeah. Unlike a fr- like a frisbee does eventually kind of drop, right? But that thing, like the shield, can honestly launch so far before it actually falls off. And I feel like part of it sure. is about, even though it is, it does have some clear weight behind it when they hit, right? It is also still, sorry, it has some density. Maybe that's the word I'm looking for. Like, because like when people get hit by it, they're like, holy shit, that hurts. And yet sure. everyone kind of always comments about it being like a little bit lighter than I think they expect it to be. You know, so I feel like there's something about like that, the fact that like, you know, again, it is also made to disrupt like kinetic energy and stuff like that. Like you have all that force being put upon it and she's just sort of like kind of almost like floating on it in a way. Right. So when you throw the shield, mm-hmm. the curvature is is pointed Point up, up, like right. the star is pointed up. So you get lift on the, on it like that, like a Frisbee. Right. You're right. For but this, the other way around it because it's pushing she up. is She is pointing it towards where she's. She is part of. She's basically like a missile, right? Um, so she's using it in a different, in sort of a perpendicular way to how it's normally being used for the lift. The way like the flaps um, work, essentially, right? Right. On a plane, right? So she's right. So by angling, I mean, like she would have had to practice this, but I like to think that you know it was most of 1944, so she had some time uh, to figure this out. But like you know, by angling the thing, she could probably work on not immediately falling. Because I was gonna say like. She has some momentum, but that's not true because the other plane is also heading in the same direction. So if she's trying to go in the other direction, she would actually have to contend with like right. the opposite of momentum. I, although as someone with super soldier serum power. Oh yeah. When she for gets sure. to the end and she like pushes off. She could launch off. She, Absolutely. I mean, she's definitely going at a at a faster rate than I would, for example. I mean, I would have fallen off ages ago. I would certainly not be able to run across a moving plane. Um, right. Which is also a fun thing to consider is that she's just like, hey, look at this maneuver. Right. Um, yeah. But I do love how we haven't gotten to this yet for Captain America. So like, this is such a weird thing to keep bringing up. Uh, but like, it's fun to watch his progression with things, but I think it's more fun to watch hers because like she was already a fighter. So like she takes to other things so much faster. And like, I love the fact that like it's uh, when she takes out like the, Oh no, wait, that's in the last one where she takes out the tank by like sidestepping it. And then like just sort of slicing at it. Right. Like that's something that took Steve a minute to figure out, you know, where she's like, Oh genius. Yeah. Cool. I know. You know, boom. She just does it immediately. Right. And I also like the fact that like, just like you said, like where she's, it's 19, she had all of this year to figure these things out. But also like the idea of like, how many times though? Did it take her yeah. one wrong go and Steve catching her for, for her to go, you know, I bet you if I did this, or was it was yeah. it like multiple attempts of like, I haven't quite gotten the angle right. Just keep catching me, Steve, and I'll get it. And then like, this is the one that we see. Or is this like, yeah. or she's like, you won't even believe it? First try. And he's like, wow, that was yeah. incredible. I like to think like uh, like she's chilling out with Howard Stark and he's like drunk mm-hmm. and he's like you know what I was thinking what if you were like a missile what what, does what are you mean? talking yeah. about and then she's in the air with the hydrostomper and she's like oh, wait a minute I see boo and then like they land after this montage mm-hmm. is over and she's like Howard it do worked. you remember and he's like I don't okay well. <laughs> It, okay, I, I love that. I feel like there's one of two scenarios with the two of them, right? It is either 
he's drunk. He tells her this. He doesn't remember. And she's like, let me explain this. And he's like, oh, wow, that's genius. Can't believe I thought about it. Oh, yes, I can. Right. right. Or yeah. <laughs> it's that because he's like that little brother energy, she yeah. lands. And then Steve is telling the story. It's like, And then she did this. And she's like, don't, don't. She forgot to tell Steve not to mention it. And he's like, oh, you did the missile? <laughs> you used my you thing. You used the thing? And it worked. Ooh, and he gets so excited. She's like, all right, settle down. It's, it was just one, you know, like, okay, yes, you were right about this one thing. And he's like, ooh, okay, tell me more. And then, like, he immediately starts asking a million questions. So, you know, she's like, God damn it, Steve. Okay, yes, uh, I did do oh the missile. Oh, my God. Yeah, I love that idea. I love the the deleted scene where we see that, and she's like, "I'm not going to do that, Howard. That's stu- that would never that would work never in a million work. years." And then she does it, and, she's and then like, she's standing on the plane. She's like, oh, "Crap, it did," work. and she does it, <laughs> and like she's then sitting at her desk, filling in the report, and like the wheelie chair just zoom, and it <laughs> comes over, and he's like, he's just sitting there, and she's still writing, and he's like just waiting for her to stop writing so that he can you say something we- about it. You hear the wheelie chair quickly coming, yes. but then it stops, and Howard slowly, and slowly drifts on to the screen. He, 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 yeah, he he gets like a good running start, then stops a little bit, and then just sort of yeah. casually. Oh, oops! Oh, did I bump into you here? Oh, hey, how's it going? Gosh, sometimes I feel like a missile. <laughs> yeah, he's just like uh. And she's like, oh, Steve uh? told you. And he's like, Yeah, you told me. This is exciting. <laughs> like, tell me more. Right? Like, starts talking about more stuff, and she's like, Uh. See again. Marvel should be putting us into some writers' rooms. I'm just <laughs> Nothing like two more uh, white men to help move, move these things along. Exactly. Right? Hey, listen, we can write World War II stuff all that we you know all we want. We're getting older and older, and as white men get older and older, they become experts at World War II. I think. I'm yeah. Pretty sure that's scientifically proven. Yeah. Every dad has a war that they're just like really into for some reason. Yeah. So anyway, War of 1812. Let's talk about that one. Um, exactly. No. It's Revolutionary War Part Two. The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> well, not wrong. Not end. not actually not actually all not that actually wrong. Not actually all that wrong, no. Um so hey, there's a song playing during this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me about the song. Well, uh I couldn't I didn't have the authorization to change the MCU Wikia because it's wrongly ad- wrong attributed. There? Ooh. So it says that this is a a a, a song called Bugle Call Rag. Performed by the New Orleans Rhythm Kings, that is a cover of the Benny Goodman version. Okay. However, yes, the song "Bugle Call Blues," which after they the initial recording, all future copyrights and versions of the song, like all the sheet music and whatever, was called "Bugle Call Rag," was originally recorded by the New Orleans Rhythm Kings in 1922. And then covered by Benny Goodman oh. in 1937, and what we're hearing here is Their a version. version, a Benny Goodman's, oh, Benny a Goodman. version of Benny Goodman's uh, version. Like the recording that's on Spotify that I listened to wasn't exactly right, right? But it sounded more similar than the New Orleans Rhythm Kings version. It's like when a ska band covers that. the Real Big Fish cover of a like an '80s tune, right? Right. Because it's like okay, there was the '80s version. And but they're not covering that song per se. They're covering another band's cover, because like they're taking like their horn parts and stuff like that, and doing like it might be a little different still, but like it's very clearly like strongly based off of the arrangement and version that someone else sort of made into their own. Right? Is that what you're saying? It's a version from a bootleg of Real Big Fish live versus the live version that you're used to. Mm, gotcha. But like it's the same. You can tell it's the same people, but it's a different 
if you get to know a live recording really well Mm -hmm. and then you see the what I hate the thing I hate the most is when a live recording has gone like is gotten really famous or like is really well known by the fans right and then you see the band perform in concert and you hear people want it to be like it was on the live recording so this is definitely Benny Goodman's band playing it. Got it. Okay, okay. okay. But it's not the recording cuz people back in that back then, you know, there were like seven songs. Right. This as time goes by um and then, you know, and four there's, others. Yeah, there's all sorts of reasons that they would yeah. re-record it like seven right. times kind of thing. Yeah. Right, exactly. This is the live version. This is This is the live whatever. version for radio. This is the live version that we did just specifically for New Year's Eve party with Guy Lombardi. Guy Lombardo had his Lombardo, own. I mean, yeah. um, the extended dance remix. Right. The version where Benny Goodman the just Steve cusses Aoki for remix. like 15 minutes. Yeah. Their piss-soaked hind legs, he would say. <laughs> Benny Goodman featuring General, General Patton. Patton. Yeah. Um, General Patton horn. pending. Um, ooh, like it. Um, there was a, or wait, what's, is it, what, that's the name of the band. There's a band called Patent Pending, isn't there? Patent Pending. Yeah. Okay, okay, good. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. I was like, I definitely got that right. Right. I was like, yeah, that's that's funny because I was about to say, Hey, there's a band actually called that. And you're like, that's the band. I'm like, so I was like, I made that joke and then suddenly, you know what it is? There's a Jackbox game called Patently Stupid. Mm. So suddenly I thought, wait, is that the band? So I was like, should I have said General Patently Stupid? But then I was like, no, 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 no. That's the game. Okay. Right. Um, but so yeah, this is, um, a very good montage song for uh, military plus sort of, we're going to say fun here. Now, like you said, it is also brutal killings, but sort of like look at the wild ways in which she's jumping around and bouncing around and doing all this stuff. Can I tell you that this is one of the reasons why I love the video game series Fallout so much? Yes. And I made an allusion to it, I think in the... No, maybe it was the very beginning. It was early in this episode. That is what makes that game so fun, right? So in Fallout, the premise is it's like what the 1950s thought the future would look like, which is very fun because it's like 1950s style, like artwork, like art deco kind of things. But then like in the future, like 200 years from right now kind of thing. Uh, And it's where like nuclear warfare has just destroyed the universe, the universe, the planet. And after hundreds of years, we kind of, began to repopulate the earth and reclaim the land, but it's been completely dismantled. You know, like the certain skills are just gone forever. Uh, but also because people haven't been making new music or anything like that, you have the music that was put in the vaults when the bombs fell, which is the music right. of the 1950s, 60s, and sometimes a little bit before then too. So you get music like this playing on the radio right. as you are, sitting there with kind of honestly like the Hydra Stomper with like an electric Tesla shocking weapon and just right. obliterating things. And it's like, hey, misbehaving. Right. Like right. for some reason that makes it so much more fun than if it was like, like dubstep and like, bam, kill the people. Right. Bam, right. Like the fact that it's this like, you know, happy like, like that kind of right. stuff, like makes it so like the, the, disconnect between the two emotions happening right. at one time is so good. And I, that right. is one of the reasons why I really love this montage because like in the Captain America movie, it's like, you know, cinematic, like, you know, Alan Silvestri right. type music, but like, right. this is like, beep, bop, beep, bop, beep, bop, bop. we're going to do a yeah. little dance, you know, like that kind of thing, you know? Right. 
I've sung five yeah. different songs and none of them were the actual and, song. And, and this was an instrumental, but that's right. okay. Yeah, you know um, what I mean. <laughs> but like it's, what, I, what I, I thought it was, I was sure, I started writing it down that it was the, um, you know, the Bugle Boy of Company B. I thought that was what this mm-hmm. was, but it wasn't at all. It's a completely different song. Different Bugle. But it has, it has that same, like, you know, starts off as like Reveille and stuff. Right. And then goes into sort of, swing time and I, I really like that as well so hey that's that's all i have though for this uh, that's all this i moment. have so let me Great. get us out of here shall i please okay listen up folks let's get to some call to actions uh i would like for you if you're listening to this show and you have social media accounts um genuinely it helps us tremendously when you go follow all of the accounts that i'm going to mention uh, because it helps increase our audience uh, and it helps us get our show out in front of other people like you and like us that appreciate this universe. Um, I feel like I don't mention enough why we need people to, you know, follow us and like and reshare. So I want to make sure that like I'm making it uh, a little bit more clear from time to time uh, as to how it's helpful. Um, it's yeah. not just because we want you to see uh, when I go to an O's game with someone that I, you know, think is spectacular. Like, sure, that's cool if you see that, but what I really want you to be there for is when I go off on, like, a thread about why the music of 1944 was integral to setting up 1945 in Captain America. Do I actually have a thread ready for that? I don't. Am I going to see if I can figure that out? Maybe. But the thing is, like, that sort of thing is really important to us. Uh, and it, again, it just helps grow our audience and help us um, find uh, basically like new guests, new uh, fans, new opportunities. Uh, and it increases our chances of doing things like live shows and uh, all sorts of great things like that. So absolutely. now that I've told you the why, let me tell you the what's to do. And that is to follow at Timeline Scav on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, you can also follow at Scavengers Net, which is the podcast network that we're a part of. Uh, and I would also love for you to follow me at Colin M. Parker for all of my Orioles games uh, posts uh, and also for uh, Star Wars and Marvel content and sometimes just a little bit of stuff about the infrastructure in New Orleans because sometimes it's terrible. Uh, and that's at Colin M. Parker. Um, and sometimes you might want to follow James for James to mm. give you probably the th- more more than likely he's the one that would give you that thread about the music of 1944 sitting on <laughs> 1945 for Captain America. Uh, and you can find him at. Uh, you can find me at Unabashed James. The other person to follow is Nick Bermald. Uh, and the reason why I want you to follow him is because he's done some amazing music for us. And I would love to see him get uh, more gigs and more. Uh, recognition for the wonderful stuff that he does. And you can follow him at N-B-R-A-M-A-L-D on Twitter, or you can go out to his website, which is nickvermaldcomposer.co.uk. Thank you so much for doing all of that and for listening to this show. Uh, We appreciate you tremendously. Uh, We will see you on the next episode. As always, I'm Colin Parker. I'm James Anderson. Excelsior! The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.